Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. How are you doing, Angela? I'm doing good, considering oh, yeah. <laughs> the craziness. <laughs> yeah, we thought 20, uh, 2020 was going to be uh, uh, the worst it could get, but 2021 is off to a bang of a start. So, oh, yeah. uh, uh, oh. but we're not, that's not what we're here to talk to, talk no. about. Yeah. Angela, um, I was out with my dogs the other day. And I was bending over to pick up yet another bag of dog poop. And it occurred to me that I have to use just the right amount of pressure with my hands to pick it up and get it into the bag. Because if I squeeze too hard, it's a mess. And if I don't squeeze hard enough, it doesn't make it into the bag. And there are different textures of dog poop that I, I, I mean, this whole episode is going to be about dog poop, but there's, there's a lot going on there in the hand-eye coordination and the amount of pressure. And it got me thinking about hands and visual tracking and hand-eye coordination. And my second thought was, oh, Angela knows lots more about this than I do. And it might be something fun to talk about because there's a lot going on with those things with children that don't involve dog poop, although some of them may. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. So I love your analogy <laughs> starting off with dog poop. Um, so really it's the, when it's a pressure thing, um, it actually has to do with what we call proprioception. So that's um, your ability to um, regulate force. And um, the way that we treat that as therapists is through resistive work and heavy work. And I think we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but that's that's how you work on knowing how much pressure to use when uh, picking up dog poop, <laughs> um, to write with a pencil, write yeah. with a or a crayon without breaking the the crayon, um, or maybe the child's not writing hard enough with their crayon. Another example is um, when kids are playing with each other. Sometimes they're hitting with too much force, like playing tag. Or um, these are the kids that you know will go up to you and will scream, want a, a huge squeeze. Uh -huh. All of that is interrelated. Um, so it's not just the hands, it's the whole body, but the hands is, that's part of it. And so the way to treat that again is through resist, resistive work. And so from a very early age, little children should be, let's say, digging in the dirt. Um, they should be crawling is another thing. If you crawl outdoors versus indoors, um, when you take that baby and they crawl outside, they're going to be getting deep pressure when they're crawling around. Um, and that helps to um, integrate um, light touch sense that can feel aversive for some children, but also gives them deep pressure and it gives sensation to the joints uh -huh. and muscles and that helps to develop that sense. So if children are, let's say we have a baby and you take that baby and you never give them opportunity to crawl around and they're always being put in a car seat and being transferred from one thing to the next. And then now you give them devices and they're pushing buttons. They're not getting that resistive work that they need. And so that can become an issue where kids are really having trouble regulating how much force to use um, when, you know, again, 
playing with anything. Yeah, yeah, with with and without practice, you don't you don't build the skills. So I mean, those kids, those containerized kids, aren't going to be able to grow up and be responsible dog owners. <laughs> right. <laughs> or they'll make a big mess, right? Yeah. So I was I was thinking about this too when you're talking about uh, about that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was doing some dusting, and I went to move a glass vase, this little flower bud vase thing, that has been around for years and it crumbled in my hand because I picked it up with, I, I assume too much force. Now I've been working out a little bit more Angela, but I don't think that's really the reason. I think it's just, I didn't, didn't anticipate. Right. So even I, 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 and I tend to think I'm pretty good at this, but every once in a while our body doesn't do what it's, what we're expecting. And I, I, I wanted to hide it. And I wanted to, to do like on the Brady bunch where they try to glue it back together. So mom doesn't notice because I, <laughs> I thought Tasha was good, but apparently it was just something she picked up at an antique shop. It's not something that used to be her grandmother's. So it wasn't, I, I didn't get sent to the doghouse for, for a week, but, but is there something neurologically wrong with me or do those kind of mistakes happen once in a while? Oh, but yeah. And it happens from time to time. It's oh, more a constant, issue. Um, for instance, we have, you know, sometimes we'll see kids at Timbernook where they'll, um, they're almost like a bull in a China shop. So they're like constantly running into the other children or they'll jump on the back of a child suddenly because they're looking for that physical um, work in there. You know, that's, that's very clearly they need some proprioceptive work. Um, when, when they, again, they um, don't know their own force or they're literally looking to crash into things and get that feedback. Uh, that deep pressure. And, and I'm guessing it is probably better. I don't know if better is the right word, but to, to develop those skills through just regular childhood play mm -hmm. than to not develop them and have them become a problem where they need to seek out somebody like you to do the kind of more prescriptive um, learning of those skills. Yeah. Yeah. So again, from an early, early age, allowing them to crawl on different uneven surfaces are going to constantly challenge the muscles in ways that you can't on a flat surf surface inside. Because um, you're always, if you're crawling on a flat surface, you're going to always be hitting the same points of contact on your hands uh -huh. and, and developing certain muscles, but not others. But when you go outdoors, you're constantly adjusting your body. Um, and also, you know, just play. So as they get older, you know, playing um, on the beach and digging in the dirt for hours, all of that is, is literally giving sensation to the joints and muscles to develop that sense. It's only when we uh, prevent them from doing that. If it's a child that's neuro, like neurologically, they're um, considered typical and mm -hmm. they're getting plenty of opportunity for that. There shouldn't be an issue. It's if you have a, a neurologically typical child that you are not giving them enough exposure to that and you're seeing issues, then often there's something going on in the environment. They're not being exposed to these types of experiences enough. And so it's but, impacting development. But the, the neurotypical child in the um, quote unquote normal human environment is gonna develop those skills pretty readily? Yeah. And depending on, yeah. So well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a wide, there's a wide window there, I suppose. Absolutely. And, and children that are um, with different neurological abilities, they need the same experience. So if you're depriving them of a rich sensory environment, they're also going to have issues because our job is to give them environments that are conducive to um, creating change 
and stimulating the senses and developing the muscles. So what about the whole hand-eye coordination thing? The the, the hands are really, so how do we, is that the proprioception too, or is that something else going on there? That's something else. (laughs) I kind of thought it would be. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah, there's a lot. um, But just to give you um, like an example, like before you can do some basic coordination, like we always talk about the importance of crossing midline, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's the very like basic coordination skill. And before we can do that, we have to develop their midline. And um, the way we treat that as therapists is um, have them spin in circles on their own axis. And then we have them work on core strength. So stomach muscles and back muscles. And that is what develops your sense uh, sense of where your core is. You need that before you can start do the, doing these more fancy crossing the midline. Um, before you cross the midline, you have to know where your midline is. Um, so yeah, we probably some... need to do a whole episode on the midline, yeah. huh? Yeah. At some point. Yeah. So you have to have a strong core before you can reach out and grab a rattle or a baby doll when you're six months old or, or whatever. Is that no, part of it or is not, not necessarily? Um, that's like, um, just, but when you're doing your more motor planning, uh-huh. uh, basic motor coordination skills where you're starting to cross over and do more advanced coordination okay. skills, that's when you really have to know where your body is in space. So you'll see a baby, they're not crossing midline, but they're swatting at, um, a toy uh-huh. and they're not necessarily going past that midline yet, but they're just hitting, um, so that's, that's a basic eye hand coordination. Um, so yeah. that's, and that's, that's developed from a really early age. The, the more I talk to you, Angela, the more I realize we humans are really complicated. Yeah, it is complicated. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And so w- just general play is again, probably practice for, for that hand eye coordination, visual tracking piece of it as well. Huh? It, yes. so, so it all comes back to to what we're what we're doing in the in the in the playroom in those early years. Any other yeah. thoughts on this one before we wrap this episode up? No, I think that's good. Yeah. Excellent. This has been Timbernook Tips. We will be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timbernook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timbernook. For more Angela, visit timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, Patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.